0: This is the Do It Scared Podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 88. On today's Get Ruthed Coaching episode, we're chatting with EBA student Heather Thibodeau about outsmarting your inner procrastinator and the importance of knowing exactly who you're talking to. Welcome to the Do It Scared Podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. Today's episode was brought to you by Elite Blog Academy our online program that teaches you step-by-step how to build a successful, profitable, and sustainable online business. Whether you already have a business or you're just thinking about starting one, EBA provides a comprehensive and proven approach to refining your message, growing your audience, and generating a sustainable revenue. With more than 11,000 students in 60 countries worldwide, we know exactly what works and what doesn't. And our goal is to help you create a business that you love. If you are interested in finding out more, we invite you to join our free training just for podcast listeners at DoItScared.com slash EBA. Once again, that's DoItScared.com slash EBA. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Living Well, Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of six books, including my newest book, Do It Scared. In today's Get Ruthed Coaching episode, we'll be chatting with Heather Thibodeau, who is the founder of The Heathered Nest, a website devoted to providing decorating and DIY ideas. Since she started in 2014, her decor has been featured in numerous magazines, and she's been doing all the blogging things for years but Heather still struggles with feeling like she owns an actual business. Right now, Heather is most looking for help with finding her voice and her audience, overcoming her major procrastinator tendencies, and figuring out what products to sell in order to create a business that feels completely sustainable rather than just a hobby or a fun side hustle. We're going to dive in with Heather in just a minute, but before we do... Just want to remind you that you can get all the show notes for this episode along with all the links to everything we're going to be talking about by visiting DoItScared.com slash episode 88. Once again, that's DoItScared.com slash episode 88. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to head over to DoItScared.com to take our free fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be showing up in your life and potentially holding you back, as well as to discover what you can do about it. And while you're there, remember that you can also sign up for our free business training masterclass at DoItScared.com eba EBA. Alrighty, without further ado, let's find out how we can help Heather level up her business. Hey, Heather. Hi. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm very excited are, for this. Are you? Are you ready to get ruthed? I'm absolutely ready to get ruthed.
0: <laughs> well, good. Then let's just jump in. Why don't we just start by telling me kind of what you're doing right now and what seems to be working for you versus where you where you feel like you're really struggling. Okay. Um, so I've
1: been blogging since t- the summer of 2014, and. Um, You know, I think things are going well overall. I've never had some monumental, earth-shattering climb, any fast growth, anything like that. I'd say things have been slow and steady.
0: And um, Can I ask, before you go any further, Like, what kind of traffic are you getting?
1: So right now, I pulled up on my stats just to make sure. This year, so far, I'm around 85,000 page views a month. Um, Now, Fourth quarter is usually my best time. So I would think that hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll go up a bit. But it's, you know, it's not huge numbers, but it's enough that I'm making a little money from my blog, which is
0: nice. Which is about how much? How much per
1: year do I make from the blog or from from ad revenue? About how
0: much a month are you making from your blog in general? In general,
1: um, probably about 2 2000 or so.
0: 2000 mm-hmm. and that's mostly coming from ad revenue.
1: No, it's um it's 50%.
0: Okay, half from ad revenue and then the other half is sponsored
1: posts. It's um 35% affiliate? is sponsored and about 15% is affiliate.
0: Gotcha. Okay, keep going. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So No, you're good. <laughs> what, what 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 was the question originally? The question is sort of what you're doing right now, what seems to be working oh, for okay. you, what gotcha. you're feeling good about, but and then where you feel like you're really struggling. Gotcha. Okay.
1: So um I feel like I'm really struggling struggling with changing over from a blog to a business. Right now I'm a blog. I don't have a business. Um and you know, I feel like I've kind of maxed out this drive to get more traffic. I'm kind of sick of that. Like I, I've been there, done that for X number of years and it's just not really, it's not really improving. Um, so I want to change the, I want to change the story. Um, what I love about blogging is the create, the creative part. If I could just like, you know, sit in my zone and do all my things and take the pictures and write, that would be great. The social media just, is so draining to me. Um, And it just feels like a slog sometimes. Not that I don't like connecting with people, but it it honestly, it doesn't feel like real connection. For the most part, it feels like, you know, here's my pretty picture on Instagram. And let me try and come up with something witty to say, even though it's another picture of my bathroom. And it just doesn't (laughs) feel like very real to me. Yeah. And I struggle with that because I, that's not, I would much rather sit down with someone one-on-one and have a talk about life and and the meaning of all of this than talk about, you know, the curtains I have in my bathroom. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So it feels a little bit trivial? Yes. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But you do blog about decorating and DIY. I do. And this is a problem for me. <laughs> like, I love it. I, I yeah. love
1: it. I love the process of making a house a home. I love the process of infusing your personality into your space so you can feel comfortable and all of that. Um, am I saving the world? No. Um, so I I definitely, that's a big struggle with me. Um,
0: so is, is it almost like a little bit of... Sounds it sounds like and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it almost sounds like a little bit of guilt or shame and maybe not quite that strong about the fact that you're not saving the world, that you are talking about curtains and decorating and pretty things because it's not. No, 100 percent. Important. Yes. But it is important.
1: It is on some level. It is important. Right. And I, and I, and all the time I try and I ask myself, you know, I have this gift. I've been given this gift. I know I'm good at these things, Mm -hmm. but, but why, right? Like what, what does it matter? Yeah. why 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 am I help? Why is this helpful to other people? And how can I How can I use what I have in order to make a difference? And so that is the struggle, especially coming from what my career was before um, to to here. It's just such a switch. Um, And I love it in so many ways. But in that way, I really struggle.
0: So tell me a little bit about that, like your background and where you came from.
1: So I, um, I have my doctorate degree in physical therapy. And so, so you're smarty
0: pants. I
1: mean, in some ways I'm very smart, <laughs> but in other ways I'm extremely stupid. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so I went to school for a long, long time and I worked um, in one of the best hospitals in the country, helping people walk again after they had a stroke or a brain injury. And, you know, really you could see one-on-one how you were impacting someone else's life. And that was a beautiful thing. And so now for me to write about, you know, what faucet I used in my kitchen, uh, you know, transformation, it just feels it's such a big switch yeah. and I just struggle with it. So, so much, um, but again, I love it. I love what I'm doing. It's just for me finding that deeper why I think is holding me back in many ways.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, especially coming from a background where you are literally helping to change somebody's life who has had this traumatic injury or something happened to them and you are bringing them back to health. I mean, that is that's fulfilling in a very different way than the way that you're talking about. Yes. But that doesn't mean that you can't, that you're not impacting people or that you don't have the ability to impact people but it probably will feel a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It, it, it does feel different and it's wonderful when you get messages from people and they say that you've been helpful and you know, that's great um, and I just keep trying to change the story in my head and make it you know, Make it spin it to a more positive because it's something that I need to I need to be okay with this if I'm going to take take the step yeah. forward in order to make this a
0: business. So yeah, um, and it sounds like you've been struggling with this for a long time because you've been blogging since 2014. Yep. So has this been more of just a hobby for you? No, I mean I would love to tell you yes, since <laughs>
1: you know, like I um. Since right now, if I was depend, if my three children were depending on my income, we would be in a bad, bad situation, right? Um, so you know, it it I have been doing this full time since my uh, youngest went to kindergarten. So
0: so a while, yeah, yeah. So a while. So you're. You're working on it, but what do you think? I mean, that's an interesting question. And that's actually an interesting insight because you're clearly your income is not fully dependent on, or your livelihood and your children's well being is not fully dependent on your income, which does take some of the pressure off. Which is bad because I, which is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, because one of the things that you wrote in your application is that you, you are, Procrastinator archetype, right? Yeah. Your fear archetype is the procrastinator, and as I was reading through it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you are like textbook procrastinator <laughs> with with some of your stuff." But yeah. I wonder if um, if that's not part of the that oh, because totally you don't yeah. have the pressure, yes. That you're so. What do you think you would do differently? Like, say, say your husband lost his job tomorrow, and suddenly suddenly your blog revenue was what your family was depending on. What would have to, what would change for you? What would you do differently tomorrow in that, in that scenario?
1: Yeah. So, so I know the right answer to this is I need to create a product and I need to, that's the direction I need to go because I think that's really the only way that I'm going to go from blog to business and really increase my revenue
0: Yes. Because um, right now you don't have a business. Right. You have a blog you Absolutely. have a pretty blog.
1: I have a pretty blog. You yeah. have a pretty
0: blog. But right. it's not it's definitely not really a not really a business. And you're also stuck in this sort of feeling like you need more traffic to get more revenue because the only revenue is coming is that's coming in is based on your traffic. What we didn't talk about your email list. What yeah. how many people you have in your email so list? So I
1: pruned it a, a Probably six months ago, it was like 8,000-something. Now it's down to 5,500-ish. Um, okay. Eh, I mean, it's it's okay, but my, my open rates are not great. My click-through rates are not great.
0: You know. What are your open rates?
1: Um, right now, the average is about 20%. Okay.
0: And that's clicks, not bad, actually. And clicks about six. And that's real good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually really good. Huh. <laughs> That's good um, to know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm curious because you've been blogging for a long time, but you clearly haven't been working on your email list for a long time. So. I
1: have though. That's the problem. I, I <laughs> have, but my opt-ins, I just do not. My opt-ins do not resonate well enough with who the eyeballs that are on my site. And okay. so And I know, you know, I have a bunch of lead uh, lead magnets. And all of them have generally the same percentage
0: of opt-ins on each one. There's no like clear winner. Um, so, what is your what is your overall on-site conversion rate? Do you know that number?
1: Um, I mean, it would be way less than one percent. Way less. Because every less day, than 1%. I guess I didn't. Yeah. It has to be because every day I'd say, well, and I'm talking about net subscriber because I I do email my list now. I've been really diligent about emailing them about three times a week, which Mm -hmm. maybe I need to bump that back down. I don't know. Um, But so my net subscribers every day are like three, I mean, less than 10. And for having... So
0: three times 30, so like 100 a month? Yeah. Really? Maybe two hundred, maybe oh, double that. Heather, I, I know. feel like I feel like that's where we need to start. Yeah, yes. Okay. I mean, yes, you need a product, and it's and it's actually amazing that you're emailing your list three times a week. That's really exciting. But you are not probably not selling to your list at all. No, ever.
1: I mean, I'll send <laughs> I'll send them posts about you know like things with like gift guides or whatever, but that's the extent of it.
0: Okay. So definitely need to be selling to your list more often, but that is hard to do when you don't have a product. So right now, the only opportunity you have for selling is affiliate products. And you should be doing that also. So one, at least one of your emails per week should be specifically recommending a product or talking about something in a way. And it can still be super high value and it can be, helping people, people want your recommendations for different stuff, right? They're on your list because they know you and like you and trust you. And they're interested if you're emailing three times a week and you're getting a 20% open rate, which is r- pretty good. Um that's in fact for that's really good. So and you're getting a 6% click-through rate, you should be selling a lot more. So mm-hmm. that's like point number one. Okay. Is, you're doing a good job of nurturing, but you're – there's like this this balance that you always have to walk between pure nurture and relationship building, which is important, and selling. If you go too far onto the selling side, you start to turn people off. And if you go too far over onto the nurture side – you, you make people feel good, but that's not helpful to your business. Right. Again, right now, you've got a hobby and you've got people who like you and who are following you, but it's not necessarily a business. Right. So to have a successful business, you really need to be right find that sweet spot in between and in order to test that sweet spot because you don't know exactly what it's going to be you're going to have to start you, you might have to swing the pendulum over to the other side for a little while and go to salesy yeah. and then swing it back in order to find where that zone is where your it, it things are converting people your people are still clicking on your emails I mean you know that you're nailing it when you're sending out sales emails where people are writing you back and saying oh my gosh thank you so much for this yeah I mean, that is, that's a win right there when you can, when you, and then, you know, you're kind of in the sweet spot and in the zone where you're getting the right thing. But in order to be able to do that, to sell more to your list, Mm -hmm. you have to have things to sell. So that's going to be for you products and affiliate products. So I would, what, I don't know, you're, you're doing pretty low affiliate revenue right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my main affiliates are Amazon reward style. That's really it. Um, okay. Yeah, Amazon and
0: reward style. So, finding some great affiliate um, affiliates that are not those things. Some products that you love that are, you know, maybe other bloggers' products, um, other or other online business owner type stuff where you could have, you know, one thing that comes to mind is Tasha yeah. Grisso, who, mm-hmm. you know, she's got her designer in a binder. That would be such a great product for you to be an affiliate for because you could talk about it. I and-
1: am. I am an affiliate for <laughs> Tasha. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't like regularly send
0: emails, emails to, to your my list.
1: list about that. Yeah.
0: And you could even you could even incorporate it into projects that you're doing for your blog and you just show how you use the designer in a binder to make it easier. And this is so great. And take, you know, you and Tasha are friends, take a picture of you and her and talk about how cool she is. Or I mean, that's just one example of something something that you could do, but you could be doing that as things like that fairly regularly. It wouldn't just be just be her. Um, it would be be other things too and then you are mix once you start creating your own products you're mixing those in there and you're running launches or flash sales to your list and because ultimately when it comes to your business you're you have to look at your blog as the marketing tool for your email list and and you can look at social media the same way so social media feels like a burden right now because it is a burden what is it doing for you it's literally doing nothing except sucking up your time and energy yeah. and not, it's clearly not putting people to your email list. It's no. cl- it's not doing anything besides taking up taking up your time. So right now, I would say if you need to, if you need to stop something, I just stop posting on social media for now. Don't really? even worry about All it. All channels, yeah. just stop. Don't even, just don't, don't even worry about it right now. Uh I what you need to worry about is growing your email list. That is that is number one. Okay. <laughs> so okay. we talked about the like the way I want you to change up your nurture, but first, if you're gonna if you're only gonna start with one thing, um, you got to get that on-site conversion rate up because you're getting a decent amount of traffic. Eighty-five thousand page views a month is great, but I would love to see you get an on-site conversion rate of at least four to five percent. Okay which would be a huge difference for you because that would be, let's let's do a quick math. I have my calculator right here. So 4% would be 30, well, I guess that's page views. So I don't know how many unique visitors you're getting, but let's say that would be about 2,500 to 3,000 new subscribers a month Mm. that you'd be able to get, um, which would increase your list real fast from where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've never, I've never grown that fast. So what do, what, what am I doing wrong in that regard? (laughs) I've never been able to grow that fast. So clearly I am sucking at, I'm sucking at one aspect or more aspects of that whole Goal, um, and I mean, I feel like I've been fo- I've been following advice, but it's just not hitting. It's just not hitting the mark for me. And I think this sound, this is an excuse. And so I don't even I don't want to give <laughs> you an excuse. But so when I when I look at my demographics of my people, mm-hmm. they are all over the map. Yeah. So I have women in their 20s and women in their 70s
0: and it's like 20% of each decade. Yep. Are my people. And that's okay and that's okay. I think and I I think that you are thinking that you are supposed to write to the person who is in your demographics when you look at your demographics and that's not true. You need to write to the person that resonates with you because that is going to make your writing resonate with everyone. So don't worry about what your demographics are, especially if they're all over the map, then it, do- it literally doesn't matter what okay. your actual demographics are. The person that you need to be writing to is the person that you see in your mind. So maybe it's you. Maybe it's you five years ago. Maybe it's your friend down the street who you can l- – close your eyes and just picture her and be like, yes, this is this is who I'm trying to help when I'm writing. Yeah. And I think for you, like that, it actually goes back to the first thing that you said, which is, it's hard for me to feel like I'm actually making a difference for people. But I would dare to guess that if you really think about it, there is somebody that you can think of whose life would be transformed by having more having a home that they love or having ha, having decor that they love. I mean, and surely people have either your readers or your friends or somebody has said that to you at some point, like, oh my gosh, this helps me so much in some way. So really think about that and hone in on that and think about who is this person in my mind that – because I – And I think this is probably part of your procrastinator personality, the perfectionist in you is like, I want to do all the research and I want to find the right answer. And there has to be a right answer, right? There has to be, it has to be in there. And if I just keep searching long enough and just keep trying to find it long enough, it'll be there and it'll be clear. But that's not how it works with an avatar. An avatar is the person that is that when you close your eyes that you are thinking of, and if you're if you're closing your eyes and thinking of everyone and then trying to write to everyone, you end up writing to no one. Yeah. And if you're closing your eyes and thinking of who you think your demographic is, then that also means you're not really writing to anybody. So you have to find a you have to find a person, a real person. And I would yeah. suggest for you in order because I think this is something that you're really struggling with is to find somebody in your real life that is kind of the person where you sort of think about, like I actually have somebody like that um, who when it's um, a a relative of my husband's who, when I um, was writing my last book, do it scared just some of the things that she had said to me struck a chord so much. And I knew they were representative of the way a lot of my readers feel, but instead of writing To trying to write to everybody in all these different situations, I just focused on writing to her. If I was to sit down with this person, what would I want to say to her? And it made writing it so much easier and smoother because I, I had her in my head and I would love to see. So can you think of anybody like that?
1: I mean, so I've create, I've gone through that in EBA and I've written very detailed avatar description. And yeah, one of the people who I've written about in my, in that module is one of my best friends. Um, but I still, I still struggle because one of the, the groups, you know, one of my avatars doesn't have a budget. And one of my avatars does have a budget.
0: Why do you have more than one avatar? Because I don't know which one is my real avatar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because I, this is what. Well,
0: I, as a business owner, don't have an avatar that doesn't have a budget. Okay, that's so, a good. That's, a good point. that's my advice. Like you, this, if you were, if you, if you were a charity and you're, you wanted your, your. Yeah. Charity to have an avatar that didn't have a budget then great. Right. But right. you 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 need to work on a business. Yeah. So one avatar who has who has a budget and be thinking from that standpoint. So does that okay. narrow it in?
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. Totally. Um yes. But the pro my excuse for that is <laughs> when I look at my most popular posts, right? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. all um, they're all kind of budget-friendly DIY projects, like easy to do DIYs if you don't have a budget. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know if my avatar really that resonates with my avatar. Do I just need to just kind of forget that? Keep that? You know, okay, that's great. That those are my my highest performing posts. But moving forward, this is my new avatar, and this is kind of where I'm headed. Is that okay? That
0: is okay. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that you have to really, especially when when you're when you've been playing the page view game for a long time, um, you have to be really careful about what's popular versus what's profitable. Does that make sense? So you might be able to drive a lot of Pinterest traffic to these easy, cheap DIY things. And that's going to give you the page views, which will give you a little bit of ad network revenue. But frankly, you're not killing it with ad revenue or page views. So you're much, much, much better off honing in on, your avatar and actually writing content that's going to resonate and getting more of those people, whoever, whoever your avatar is, ours, ours is Julie. So I always say getting your Julie's on your list, those people who are going to resonate with you because then you're writing to them three times a week. They are the ones who are really into it. They know you, they like you, they trust you, they trust your opinion, they trust your judgment. If you recommend a product, they're going to buy it. That's those are the type of people you want in your list. So you don't want all the bottom feeders who come from Pinterest who don't actually know that they're not even on Pinterest anymore. Yeah. Because those aren't the people that are gonna opt into your list either.
1: Right. That makes sense.
0: And if you fill your list with those kind of people, that ends up being problematic for you also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're you're better off writing writing to who you want to attract and knowing that. That that will start to yeah fill fill your your funnel and fill your orbit with the right people yeah does that yeah. make sense it does yep it does and and I think you have to realize too that when you are when you're writing to your avatar it doesn't mean that you can't still write about a variety of topics it doesn't mean that you can't um, mix mix things up or. Or any of that, and it also doesn't mean that you're only going to attract somebody who looks or sounds or feels exactly like that person. Yeah. You you won't. You'll actually attract a still a, probably a big variety of people, but the difference is that it will. F- they will all feel like you're writing just to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay so okay so we're working on the avatar getting mm-hmm.
1: that
0: we need to work on the on-site conversion rate yes so when I go into your site which is really pretty by the way you do Thank have you. Um, you do have that bar at the top mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is a lead magnet yeah but that it there's no button. <laughs> I think you just oh, click on the
1: whole bar, but that's bad. If you if if you cannot figure that out, that is a huge honking problem.
0: Yes, I would say that you need um, you definitely need a much. I see it. There's a little tiny circle that says download the list. It's real small. Um, Crap. Definitely need a clearer call to action on okay. that. But I'm I see that that's the only that's the only. Thing thing I can see on your homepage for getting people to opt in. Um unless oh click here for your free decorating help helper and there's that picture of the gal making the funny face. Is mm-hmm. that another lead
1: magnet? It is. <laughs>
0: okay. Mm-hmm. That's not good. <laughs> 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 that's real that bad. Is, that's real bad. That is awful. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, be very honest I with think you. it's funny. It's it's not it is, working. It is funny. It's not working. It does not make <laughs> it uh, clear at all what, okay. what that would even what that would be and what the benefit would be. It was okay. it, it is it's kind of funny, but it's I don't really get it. Okay. Um and then when it the pop-up comes, then it still doesn't, there's no picture of what it what it is. So you have no That's idea right. what it what it is. So definitely working on that. Um, and then I don't know how, what you have on your posts themselves, but I'm guessing that you could probably do quite a bit better. Yes, I don't see – first post I clicked, I don't see any lead magnets anywhere in the entire post, which is very really? long. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. <laughs> I see directions. I'm on some brick thing brick fireplace. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see any lead magnets on there. So it's the, it's that. Oh, down at the very bottom. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the, it's
1: wow. This is so, this is so helpful to know. Um, no, at the very top of that post under the first picture, which is a pin, um, there's a, a rectangle with like a stop sign in it. Do you see that if we're on Uh-oh. the same post?
0: I don't see a stop sign. Oh, stop and get the free supply list and instructions. Yeah, I missed that. Huh. Um, okay. So, what do I do different? So, just click the image button below. Um, I would. So, I would probably put instruction for stuff like that. I love that you're giving inst- instructions as downloads. I would put text links in there several times. I would put, I would make the actual um, PDF like that's so sm- small that you have to stop. But I, I thought that was an ad. I would have thought that was an ad because it mm. almost looks a little bit ad-ish and okay. you do have a lot of ads on your site. So um, you want it to look, you want your lead magnets to look like they are beautiful and part of your site especially you're you're a home decor blogger you're doing you're showing beautiful projects you want to make sure that your and your PDF actually looks like it's probably really pretty too so make that bigger and stand out so people can actually see what it is and then mention it several times throughout the post so that your people are making sure that the, to get that okay. does that make sense yeah um, I would do it, I would have both buttons like download my instructions and I would have text links. Sometimes people notice buttons, some people notice text links. Most people images, especially when you have ads, can be especially something like that can be can get easily lost. So okay, that's probably one reason why your on-site conversion rate is so low. It's funny, you know a lot of people, we'll say that like i i think i'm doing everything i can to get people to opt in but chances are you're not doing everything you can and as i look at your site i don't think that you're doing everything you can okay so and and clearly th- some of the things that you are doing aren't working which yeah. means you got to do something else you got to yeah. try something else you got to keep trying different things until you start figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some things that I would start with You don't have a pop-up that comes up like I would right. probably do some sort of exit intent box also mm-hmm. those tend to convert really well so when it looks like somebody's about to scroll off your or leave your site it pops up right um, Another thing that you can try is called a welcome mat. We have had really good success with that on um, our EBA blog. Which is interesting because we have EBA, our EBA blog, and we also have the LWSL blog. And and this is why you have to test because the same things don't work on those two blogs. Yeah. Like some things work on LWSL and they don't work on EBA and vice versa. Hmm. Um so the on EBA, the welcome mat works really good. And I don't know if you know what that is. That's where like I, I think I know something pushes about. down. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's big. Yeah. And, very obtrusive, but those big and very obtrusive things work because the stuff that you're doing is not big and obtrusive and people don't notice it.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: It's the big and obtrusive stuff that gets noticed.
1: Okay. So you said I have a lot of ads. Do you think I need to cut back on those? Are they annoying? I mean, I'm, I, I kind of gauge it by if I'm getting emails about, yeah. you know, oh my God, you have too many ads. Then I, I let Ad Thrive know we need to back off. Um, yeah.
0: But... I mean, I think it's a normal amount of ads, honestly. I, I think that websites today all have ads. There's almost no websites that don't have ads. So I think that for the most part, people don't think anything of having ads on there. Right. That said... When your ads are competing with your content or when people become trained to skip, to not notice the ads or to skip through the ads to watch the content, then that's when you need to make sure that you are, that you, that the things you want them to notice are not, don't look like another ad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: That makes sense too. So let's talk a little bit about products because you need some products. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have any products?
1: Uh, because I, I'm, I feel like I can't figure out what the right product is for my people. I'm (laughs) really really struggling with that. I mean I've had so many ideas and I just and I've I've surveyed my audience and of course it's like, you know, trying to get people to respond to my no one talks to me. I feel like I'm a very scary person or something because I can't no matter how many times I ask for people's feedback, I do not get it. Like people it cracks me up when all these bloggers are like, I've got so many questions about blah blah blah. I'm like, I wish my people would give me questions. No one asked me anything. <laughs>
0: well have you tried just sending like a simple google form survey yes have you tried that? i
1: have one going right now um and i've put up like instagram stories about taking the survey and i've included it in my newsletter and yeah. um i mean i don't know maybe i should do some type of giveaway and in order to get people to fill out the survey because I only have – like I have such a small sample size that I'm scared to assume anything based on that number of responses. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're spoken like a
0: true procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm you such a like science-y are nerd. You I, are so cracking me up right now. Yes. Okay. Here's, here's the tough love that I'm going to give you right now. Okay. There is no – there. you can survey your audience until you are blue in the face. And whether you get a million responses or two responses, it doesn't really matter, actually. I mean, sometimes there could be – you can get some helpful ideas or whatever, but at the end of the day – you're an entrepreneur or you're trying to be an entrepreneur, right? You're turn you want to go f- you don't want to be just a blogger anymore. You no. want to actually be an entrepreneur who owns a business. And you know what you have to do as a business owner and as an entrepreneur? You got to take some risks. And that means putting your stuff out there. Trying something, throwing spaghetti against the wall, putting a product out and saying, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Guess what's going to tell you whether or not that's a viable product? If people buy it, it's a viable right. product. If people don't buy it, or if they buy it and hate it, it's not a viable product and you should work on changing it. But either way, you learn. So you try something, you see how it works, you throw it out there, you see what people say, and then you take that data and you either tweak your product, you tweak your messaging, or you try something else. That's all you can do. So the longer you sit there having all of these ideas but you have clearly you have lots of ideas. The longer you sit there and don't use any of them and don't try any of them, the longer you're not going to know. And yeah. I think I I almost feel like you have that personality type that will sit there and continue second guessing it, waiting for
1: mm-hmm.
0: the right answer. Yeah, f- indefinitely.
1: Yeah, I could for sure. This is so why just, I did well in school because someone was telling me I needed to. It throw was my the right answer. Head. yes. and and. And now it's just – if I have to rely on myself to, to give myself a deadline or force myself, you know, to jump through some hoops, like I will stand there and look at the hoop and examine the hoop until, <laughs> you know, the hoop. It, it's a mess. It's a hot, yeah. hot mess. Do you um, want me to
0: give you a deadline? Sure. You can give me a deadline. Okay. My deadline for you is that I want you to launch a product before the end of the year.
1: Okay. So – <laughs> now what are you gonna say? So my, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to make it through Q4, and then Q1, I'm gonna because nope. I have I already no. have contracts
0: from sponsors. I don't care. You email your list three times a week. You got plenty of room in your email sequence. In your emails, I you do, do. That's not the sell problem. The it's finding the time to make the product. You, you don't have to make the product.
1: I am That's what a baby seed launch is for. I know. I'm But I okay, so if I do the baby seed launch, right? Yeah. And like two people say they want the product. Do that do I have to make the product in that case or can I be like, "Sorry, you're getting a refund on your product cuz there's not enough interest." You
0: could do Yeah, you could do either. I mean, you could do, you could decide to make it and use those people as your test cases and and drag it out a little bit or whatever. Or you can say, I'm so sorry, you know, I I this have to refund your money and- because – Because I need to go back to the drawing board and I will let you know when I have it ready to launch again. Clearly, clearly there was some, I mean, and that sucks because it feels like, oh, I'm failing. I have to tell people I'm failing, but you're not failing because what you're doing right now is failing. What you're doing right now is not putting anything out there. And the longer you don't put anything out there, the longer you're going to be failing the longer, because you're not giving yourself a chance. And if you're not starting to learn what's working and what's not working, that's just going to drag it out for Longer and longer and longer, and it and it's never fun to have to put something out there and have it not go well. It's never fun to put something out there and feel like, oh my gosh, this was a flop. Like that sucks. But let me tell you, especially and for you as a procrastinator, uh, your biggest fear is making a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And doing it wrong and getting it wrong, and it feels like the worst thing in the world. But you also need to practice that. It is so essential for you to start failing in small ways and getting used to it and realizing that it's not the end of the world when you when you fail because that will give you... And you haven't... I mean, like, let's be honest. In your life, you have done some really amazing things. You went to a top school. You did really well. You were a great student. You're super smart. You got your doctorate. You were working at one of the top hospitals. You haven't actually had a lot of experience with failure. And so the longer you go without, without failing, the harder it's going to feel. And so let's rip off that band aid and just get it done and go have your big flop so that we can move on. And you can start, you can start creating some products because that's how you're going to get a business and that's how you're going to make money.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Up here. I get it. I get it. You do? I do. I get it. So you're going to launch
0: something by the end of the year. Well, I just I'm
1: ner- I'm nervous about the time. I'm just nervous that I won't be able to finish all my sponsored, you know, the things that I've Here's already Here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing, Heather. We make time for the things that matter to us. Yeah, we make yeah. the time for the things that are important to us. And yeah. when I asked you that question earlier, what would happen? What would happen if tomorrow your husband lost his job and your your revenue was dependent on and your children's livelihood, your children's ability to eat and sleep in a warm bed was dependent on only your revenue. You would figure out how to make that product and you would figure out how to make ten products if you had to, because you would do anything to succeed. And you don't have that dri- you don't have that drive right now. But I promise you that if you make this a priority and you say, I I, for the next two months, I'm going to make this happen, no matter what. You're going to start to see some momentum in your business, and you're going to start to see that build because you've got to get it out there. You've got to rip off the bandaid. You have to. You have to start failing because it is within those failures that you're going to start succeeding. And if you never give yourself the opportunity to fail, you don't. You don't get to see the other side of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I totally get it. I so. If I want to do, <laughs> if I want to do an ebook, right? Yes. I mean, give me like the brass tacks about. Don't how. start with
0: an ebook. Don't. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't start with an ebook. What, a, okay. what are what are my choices? Give me my give me my product choices, and I'll tell you what to start with.
1: So, I want. So I, I've had my real estate degree, my real estate license forever. And um, I've also been a landlord forever, so I feel like I could write a, I could do a really good product, and it, it would be an ebook. I think about how to um, put a couple hundred dollars into your house to make it sell for thousands of dollars more. Um, and I, I feel like I envision that as an ebook.
0: Um, okay, that is a very specific. I would I wouldn't do it as I wouldn't even bother doing that as an ebook. I would still do that as a course, but it's a very specific market, right? Which is not my specific market. No, it's not your people. So that's I would not start with that. So let's move on. What What else you got? Okay.
1: Um, (laughs) So how to um, like a some type of mini course about how to design a room using Pinterest mood boards that type of thing. Um, which is, you know, super easy thing to do. Um, so what would that be? A course, is that the, yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and okay. How about this? Yeah. You sell it before the end of the year, Mm -hmm. but you don't deliver it. Until the beginning of the year, and you sell it as a refresh, a refresh your your room in 2020. Um, I will walk you through the steps. This is a mini course that's going to be four weeks or six weeks, and by the end of it, we are going to have recreated one room in your house. Like if yeah. your goal is to to beautify your house in this next coming year, then get this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it together. It's a beta. You don't even have to deliver the content. You just have to have an outline ready to go and tell people what you're going to teach them. Because the whole point of a beta course and a beta launch is that you're creating something as you go so that your and you're teaching live or you're doing the lessons as you go because you don't know what people are going to ask you yet. So that gives you the opportunity to give them the first lesson and then they ask questions or get responses and then you figure out what you have to teach to be able to get them to the end result, which is to have this room decorated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that's a that's, That would be an awesome idea.
0: Okay. So you're going to launch that by the end of the year. Okay. And yes. then you don't have to start teaching it till January. Okay all right I can do that <laughs> and in the meantime you got to get more people on your email list I agree so I'd like to see you've got it it you've got a month to build up your list say let's get let's okay. get maybe a few more thousand people on your email list and then you could start you could actually start launching this maybe second week in December okay
1: I'm still. Nervous about the actual way to. I mean, I will put text links in my posts and, you know, for my list, but um,
0: I just feel like that's not going to be enough. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be, but guess what? You won't know unless you try it. So you got to stop overthinking all this stuff. You got to start trying stuff because you are going to think yourself to death. You are, you're, you're caught in this mode of not knowing exactly what's going to work. And so you don't try anything and that doesn't get you any results. And then it's the spiral of not trying and not doing and staying right where you are. Some things you do are going Mm -hmm. to work and some things are not going to work. Your job is to pay attention to what's working and to what's not working, do more of what's working and less of what's not working. Okay. Yes, I get it. Good. So you're going to make mistakes. You're going to launch a product by the end of the year and you're going to get more people on your email list and start selling to the people that are already on your list. Yes. I like it. I think that's a good plan. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm excited to check in with you in a few months and find out how this launch went. Me too. Me too. All right. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Okay, so Heather's procrastination problem is holding her back in a big way, something all you other procrastinators slash perfectionists out there can probably relate to. She spends so much time researching and trying to figure out the right answer so that she doesn't make a mistake or do the wrong thing that she never actually tries anything. What she doesn't realize is that doing nothing Not trying and not being willing to make some mistakes along the way is actually the worst thing that she can do as a business owner. Owning a business is all about being willing to take some risks. If you don't ever want to take some risks, then get a job working for somebody else. But if you want to have a business, you need to embrace the idea that it is okay to make mistakes and that there are no mistakes, only lessons. So just to recap... These are some of the biggest action steps that we identified Heather needs to take right now. First, she needs to stop researching and stop trying to find the right answer. Heather is almost obsessed with trying to make sure she doesn't do the wrong thing, and it has practically paralyzed her. More than anything else, she needs to stop thinking and start doing and get used to the idea of making mistakes. The truth is that there are no right answers or perfect products. There's only trying something, seeing what works, and seeing what doesn't work. Tweaking, testing, trying some more, and continuing to tweak and test and try until you figure out what works. Next, Heather needs to write to her avatar. Right now, she's a little all over the place because once again, she's trying to research the right answer, and her research is telling her that her audience is all over the place. But that's not resonating. So instead, Heather needs to start writing to one person, preferably someone she actually knows, so that her content will start resonating more. And the amazing thing about writing to one person is that a lot more than one person will feel like you are writing just to them. Third, Heather needs to grow her list. She's getting a decent amount of traffic, but she's not at all focused on getting people to her email list, and that's a big mistake. I'd like to see her stop doing all the things and stop worrying about social media. And instead, I just want her to worry about converting her website traffic into email subscribers. Fourth, Heather needs to start selling things. She's emailing three times a week, which is amazing, but she's not selling anything. Not selling at all, pretty much. She needs to start creating products and also start finding more affiliate products to promote so that she can start generating more revenue on a regular basis. And finally, Heather needs to launch a product. She has so many ideas, but she's afraid to try any of them because she's worried it won't be the perfect thing. But no matter what she picks, it's not going to be the perfect thing. It's never going to be perfect. Nothing will ever be perfect. So she just needs to start as soon as she can. I challenged her to launch before the end of the year, and it will be very fun to check back and see if she made it happen. So in the meantime, don't forget that if you would like to get all the show notes to this episode, along with all the links to everything we talked about, you can find it all at DoItScared.com slash episode 88. Once again, get all the show notes and all the links on our website at DoItScared.com slash episode 88. And while you're there, be sure to also take our fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be holding you back. And then if you have a business or if you've been thinking about starting one, be sure to go take our free training at doitscared.com EBA. Seriously, guys, it's really good, really helpful. So go take that at doitscared.com EBA. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about What we talked about today, any topics you want to see addressed here on the Do It Scared podcast, any guests you'd like to see interviewed, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Suka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes and then while you're there be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, next week we will be chatting with another Heather, Heather Adams, the founder of Choice Publicity, about all sorts of things, from finding the courage to start your own business, to the mistakes that you should avoid as a business owner, as well as to why staying true to your authentic self is really the best way to get noticed. Heather has a lot of wisdom to share, and she has definitely walked the walk in her own life and her business. So I will catch you then.